Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing, and this is an edition of The Book List. Excited to be in the booth today with Melissa, and we're going to be discussing a great book, one of my favorite books of all time. Yes, you said that last time too. I'm sure I did. I talk like that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But no, this is a great book. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. We can't wait for you to jump in the conversation with us. Also, stay tuned because at the end of this podcast, we're going to tell you what we're reading next. Woohoo! Thanks to a great comment by Jennifer Jones. Oh, I was just going to say one of our listeners. So oh. It sounded a little more like, oh, they have so many listeners. Listeners are <laughs> sending comments in. Hey, you know, I actually got a comment from a listener at the marriage retreat this weekend. Oh, she nice. said, my Bible study is doing one of the books that we reviewed last year. What? I know. How fun is that? Which one was it? Do you remember? Yeah. It is uh, Gentle and Lowly. Oh, good Which one. is one of the best books. Seriously. Of all time. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I say that about the lot. Ooh, you know, the podcast reveals a lot about you. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and thankfully, now my mom, my mom listens and she corrects me. Does she hold you accountable? Oh, totally. Yeah. I always have this filter now that my mom is listening. The mom filter. Yeah. I have it's the Jay's mom filter. Yeah, totally. I just don't ask any of my parents if they listen or not. Yeah. And just keep it a secret. I have John Boyle's mom filter and my mom's filter. Nice. Yeah. Hey, we're so glad you're listening. You can always write us at The Weekly. If you got comments, questions, if something comes to mind, if you need help, if you need prayer, you need to go to CalvaryBible.com. Click on connect on the Oh my gosh, the mobile bulletin. That almost dropped on my head. (laughs) And uh, submit a prayer request. Let us know that you want to connect here at Calvary. Also, we have some great events happening this spring at Calvary. So go to calvarybible.com. All right, Melissa, let's talk about your love of tea. Oh, how long do we have? (laughs) This is not a podcast about tea. (laughs) But you did bring your favorite tea today i well i brought my favorite green tea today so let's be a little more specific because last week or not last week but last time we met i texted you ahead of time and asked if you wanted a coffee which i've never ever ever heard jay say no to this question (laughs) and so i just posed it as a like i'm going just tell me what you want no doubt and what did you want a tea. <laughs> a tea. I've, I had no idea. You know, so this week, I'm like, I'm going to bring Jay my favorite green tea, because mm-hmm. that's what you had. And I brought it, and what did you want? Coffee. coffee. I was like, I almost texted you saying, can you stop and get coffee? <laughs> but yes, I did yeah. bring my favorite green tea, which is, uh, is it Stephen Smith? Stan Smith? Something Smith. Mm. I and like it. Then you showed us, and we're going to post this online, (laughs) but your tea drawer is very organized. Yes, it's super organized. You know what it tells me? You're an empty nester. (laughs) (laughs) I have time to organize my tea. My my tea is in a basket up high, disheveled everywhere. Yes, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Totally. And mine was that way, but now they're all in nice little boxes. It's impressive. This drawer is very impressive. <laughs> Well-labeled boxes. It's, it's Every few years, we get inspired and clean out our junk drawer. Oh, yeah. But the tea drawer is legit. Yeah. I'm not going to name names, but I did post uh, a picture of it to Instagram a oh, while back when I did it. Um, and one of our pastor's wives messaged me and said, do not show this to my husband. (laughs) 
because we cannot lose a drawer to tea. Because it's true, you also have to have like the space to Mm. dedicate a whole. I know what pastor we're talking about. Yeah, it's not hard. (laughs) His mom listens occasionally. But yes, uh, you do also have to have the space to devote a whole yeah, drawer to tea. You do. We were already great. there because we drank so much tea. I just mm. wanted to organize it. It's really impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. What does that say about your personality that your tea drawer is organized? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the question. What, what does it say about my know. personality? <laughs> that you're fun loving. <laughs> Relaxed. In an organized way. In an organized way. <laughs> Okay, let's get an intro to Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Kick us off, Melissa, about why or who wrote this book. Yeah, this was such a good book. Mm-hmm. So um, this is written by Peter Scazzaro, um, and it follows his journey. He was a pastor in New York, yeah. am I right? A and very, was, very um, unique pastor yes, role yeah. and with a unique con- congregation. Totally, and very. he became, he was struggling with exhaustion, with anger, with marital issues. His wife actually said, I'm not coming, coming to your church anymore. I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't. I mean, ultimately, he realizes that that was what needed to tip him over to doing some deep digging. But, um, but he just kept wondering why all the Christian remedies he tried weren't producing the deep, positive change that he wanted in his life. And so he began digging under his quote unquote, he calls it his good Christian veneer Mm -hmm. and discovering uh, emotional layers in his life that he just never let other people access for sure and even never let Jesus access. Um, And so that led him to realizing the critical link between emotional and spiritual health and diving into that eventually brought him the deep transformation that he needed in his life. So yeah. we love the tagline on this book. Do you want to read it? The, yeah, the tagline. It's so good. It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Yeah. And this book is, when it first came out, was revolutionary. Yeah. Like just, I know that some of the great saints before us have probably written about this subject. I'm well aware that that is probably true. But he didn't put it in the he put it in a context of American spirituality. Totally. And just a game changer yeah. of a book. And just super relatable too, right? Yeah. Like using his own story and experience and he's so vulnerable and authentic. It's refreshing. Yeah. So there's also a layer here of like some of our faith traditions, some of our listeners' faith traditions never valued emotion. Oh, for or sure. Or it was a sin to be emotional. Right, yeah. Right? And I think... You know, and I don't even know that that's necessarily just a spiritual tradition. I think that's American life, too. Like, there's an, there's an element, too, that's just our culture, mm-hmm. is to value more of the positive, upbeat, outgoing, wonderful things. My life is great. My life is wonderful. I have no sadness. I have no, you know. Yeah. Um, and not to let ourselves dwell like we need to in some of those sadder emotions. No doubt. In times in our lives, not all the time. And, th- and this is a book is not about that, him dwelling in sad nope. emotions, but him saying that you, in order to be mature yes. in Christ, yes. you must deal with your emotions. Yeah, you are an emotional being. And he talks about um, how we're made in the image of God yep. and that there's different aspects to us as human beings, that we're intellectual beings, we're physical beings, we're social beings, we're spiritual beings, we're emotional beings. And that's all because we're made in 
God's image. I mean, we find that all in the Bible. The Bible talks about our emotions. It talks about us as emotional beings. Um, And so when we do discipleship, and whether we're talking about discipling others or working on discipleship in our own life, uh, we have to touch on all those all those parts, yeah. you know, if we're unapproachable or proud, defensive, judgmental, it doesn't matter how much Bible you know or how much you pray or how active you are in church, you're just a spiritual infant because you're not reaching those depths. Yeah. It's like an iceberg and you're only touching that top 10% instead of anything below the surface. Now, he's famous for that picture. Which is a good analogy. Yeah, and explain that sort of, I mean, we're, we're on a podcast, so it's sort of hard to... Yeah, let me draw it on the board yeah, for you. Yeah, totally. But it is a picture. Well, of we've a- all seen Titanic, so think about <laughs> the Titanic iceberg. No, I think this is an analogy I think everybody's pretty familiar with. Mm-hmm. We talk about it in lots of different ways. But, you know, the top 10% of the iceberg that you see, that's what we're showing the world around us generally, yeah. in general. And there's still 90% below the surface. And when we're just not in touch with our emotions but trying to, quote-unquote, do spiritual things to affect that lower 90%, mm-hmm. we're only touching a portion of it. We're no not doubt. really, really going deep into all the places. But when we marry those two things, our emotional health and our spiritual health, that's when we're able to get all 100%. Yeah, we see this throughout the Bible too. One of the most specific examples I could say was the Psalms. Mm. The Psalms are teaching us how to be human, mm-hmm. how to engage with the human things that happen to us. Yeah. Uh, disappointment with God, with others, uh, political unrest, um, just family issues, all the things that we would run into in our normal everyday life. Mm-hmm. And the psalmist in Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And I think that's so important for us to remember that part of our faith is sitting before the Lord yeah, and letting him speak not only to our spiritual health, yeah, but our emotional health. Yeah, for sure. And he kind of, uh, he gives us a nice top 10 list here. Oh, no, it's, this is really, man, this is the top 10 symptoms of a emotionally unhealthy spirituality and let me read these because I think they're really important. It sort of makes a context for why we read this book and why we would recommend this book. Um, here's the, his top 10 for unhealthy spirituality. Using God to run from God. Ouch. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Ignoring the emotions of anger, sadness, and fear. Dying to the wrong things. I can't tell you how many times I've right. died to the wrong things. The, well, because there's things that are easier to die to, and we'd yeah. rather die to those <laughs> than the things that are hard. <laughs> yeah. Denying the past impact on the present. Mm. Dividing our lives into secular and sacred compartments. Doing for God instead of being with God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's a good one. Spiritualizing away conflict. Mm. I can't tell you. How many pastoral appointments? That is <laughs> revolve one of the around that. Yeah, yeah spiritualizing. For sure. Yeah, we come covering our brokenness, weakness, and failure. Living without limits, which I've got to say, he has a podcast called "Emotionally Healthy Disciple." Yeah, and and a book too, and a book. But the the podcast he has a few episodes about living with within limits and without limits. Fantastic. Yeah. Stuff. So I. Yes. Go find that. Totally. And it's amazing. Like something that I've been reading about lately is how 
uh, living with limits actually limits our anxiety. It's when mm. we live our life without limits that anxiety shows up in big ways in our life. Okay. Which is like, that should I mean be a that, quote of quotes. Sorry. You should say <laughs> that totally again. not even. I know, but you, you said it. Living, Can I say it again? Yes. Yes. Okay. So living our life without limits is what leads to anxiety in our life. And when we live our life with limits or within limits, then that's what leads us to anxious, less anxiety, let's well, say. Well, Not anxious free, but less anxiety. I'm going to hit the, the music. <laughs> we're we're going to pray and get ourselves out of here. That's awesome. Yeah, I Melissa, that's amazing. Okay, judging other people's spiritual journey. My goodness, right? Yeah. People. Yes, people. those were all really good. He had a quote in here about judging spiritual journeys that, oh man, because I read this a couple months ago. You mm. recommended it, and I know it came out in 2006, but I'm always a little late to the game. <laughs> um, and it, man, it just went over and over in my head where he says, um, every time you make an assumption about someone, you believe a lie about them in your head. And I thought, gosh, what are the lies that I'm believing about people? And when we take time to know stories and get to know people, that's when it, all that stuff kind of breaks down. Okay, that so was powerful. another truth bomb. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry, like, sorry. You're sitting in wisdom today, <laughs> maybe because you read this book. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Hey, he says this. And this is one of my favorite quotes. God never asks us to annihilate the self. Mm -hmm. How often do we feel like that is the main theme of like what preachers have asked, what yeah. Bible studies have asked of us, right? right? To shut off that those emotional parts of ourselves. Yeah, we are not to become non-persons when we become Christians. The very opposite is true. God intends our deep, truer self, which he created, to blossom freely as we follow him. Yeah. And he 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 quotes this Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, the old has gone, the new has come. And I can't just tell you like how much freedom that means that like God created you, myself, in an image mm -hmm. that has a personality, yeah. that has gifts and talents that want, God wants to blossom yeah. into freedom with him. Right, and that having that emotional health and pursuing that actually powerfully anchors us to the love of God. It doesn't, it's not separate from our relationship with God or our spirituality or our Christian life, whatever we want to call it, but it powerfully anchors us to that. And he talks about in another place um, the same kind of true self with Jesus and that, you know, Jesus wasn't selfless. He didn't live as if only other people counted. He knew he had value and worth. He had friends. He asked people to help him, but at the same time, he wasn't selfish. He did not live as if nobody else counted. He gave his life out of love for others and from a place of true loving union with the Father. He had a mature, healthy, true self, just mm -hmm. what we want to, that's what we strive for, right? To be Boy. like Jesus. And if you're interested in that specific quote, Pastor Pete, that's how he affectionately likes to be called. Oh, I thought maybe that was just what you called him. No, no, I Pastor didn't have Pete. special permission for that. Um, he, he wrote another follow-up book that just came out, I think last year, two years ago. It's Emotion Help the Disciple, maybe even the last year. And his that book, because I'm reading it right now, is the balance between Martha and Mary. Oh, so interesting. when you're reading that quote about Jesus, mm -hmm. it sort of makes sense. Selfish, as, yeah, selfless, yeah. Yeah, sort of where that whole balance of hanging out with Jesus is yeah. with Martha and Mary. And, you know, Pastor Pete should be trusted. I like him a lot. <laughs> Pastor Pete, yeah. I like that. Okay, so another part that I really thought was, I mean, this whole book is fantastic. But 
one of the things I think that we can all learn from, especially going into, depending on when you listen to this podcast, we're going into the book of James yeah, in our context, I'm excited about that. our culture here at Calvary. And he has uh, a really unique thing that I've never seen before. And it's St. Benedict's Ladder of Humility. And there's nothing Jay loves more than a saint. And there's nothing more than a five-step program. <laughs> <laughs> in the 6th century, he developed a 12-step ladder for growing in grace of humility. His goal was perfect love and transforming of our entire personality. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, as we think about the Christian life, humility is one of the key ingredients yeah. to being led and leading others. And I just think, the St. Benedict's Ladder of Humility, which is quite later in the book, yeah, um, is pretty amazing. And so, you know, let me just read step one. It's like fear of God and the recognition of him. Yeah. Step two is doing God's will, not our own or other's people's. Step th- three is willing to subject ourselves to, to the direction of others. Step four, patient to accept the difficulty of others. Step five, radical honesty to others about our weakness and faults. Mm. Step six, deeply aware of being chief of all sinners. It's Thomas's favorite phrase. He might be on step six. <laughs> <laughs> step seven, list, uh, speaking less. Step eight, transformed into the love of God. Yeah. And those that ladder right there. It's so like, good. Yeah. And, you know, it reminds me of the Beatitudes, right? Right. Just... Jesus unfolding what it means to participate in the kingdom and St. Benedict, what it means to really grow in our true humility of Christ. And I think that's one of the things I really appreciated about this book is I think sometimes um, there are books that I've read in the past that are a lot of theory and not a lot of Mm hands-on practice. And I think he does a great job of giving us those hands-on like how to move forward. Like, don't just read this and know like, oh, I need to be more in touch with my emotional self, but how do I do that? Like yeah. he gives some good steps for that. And the the prayers at the end of each chapter are just like straight to the point. They're so good. Yeah. You really like that part yeah. of this book, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I thought that was super helpful. Sometimes when you read those in books, there's, they're cheesy. They're I, hard to... I often think that. And so I force myself to really, like, I'm guilty of sometimes skipping over them. Anyone else? Raise yeah, your no, hand. No. no. <laughs> but I really, like, intentionally reading this book that I'm going to take these and, you know, pray that through my day, not just, like, in the moment read it, but really take that prayer to heart and, you know, ruminate on it for a while. That sounds like you're further up the ladder than I am. <laughs> I don't know about that. Of humility, St. Benedict. Yo, St. Benedict. Okay, so um, there's some, obviously we're fans of this book, but in the back half, he really goes into detail of some of the really critical things, I think, that are will lead to emotional health, which yeah. he thinks it will lead to emotional health. And you really liked one of them. Which yeah, one was it? The Central Elements of the Daily Office. Now, that doesn't mean you, you show up and go to work. It's the daily office is a very classical Christian um, expression for practicing a daily quiet time. Yeah. In the modern day. Yeah. That's what we would call. It's and, a, it's like a structured way to approach it every day. No yeah. doubt. 
And some of the central themes I think that are super important, especially in the 21st century, is one, stopping. Two, centering. That means being attentive, attentive, open, sitting still, sitting straight, recognizing God's presence, right? Mm -hmm. Three, silence. So that's a very key ingredient to the daily office. So the daily, your daily devotions. Yeah. Four, of course, scripture, getting the scriptures in you. Yeah. Participating and reading them, enjoying them, meditating on them. And actually, I just read a book. I was just reading by one of my favorites, Eugene Peterson, and he says meditations like a doll, a dog with a new bone. Oh, I love it's it. that just gnawing on something for yeah. a long time. And that's what he says. That's your scripture reading. Should be. And they're so focused because that's what I give to my dogs when I don't mm-hmm. like have Bible study at my house and <laughs> like, here, take this bone, go out in the backyard. Yeah. And, and then they're like, right. just focused on that and nothing else. Nothing Doesn't matter else. what happens. That's how he says. And, you know, he gives a couple other things that are really important ingredients for the daily office. But I think that's um, super important for us, especially in our fast paced reality, right? Yeah. Stopping. Centering, which means be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's Psalm 30, yeah. 37, 7. Silence and scripture. Um, and those are just really good recommendations for us. They are good. And I like how he ends with something that's kind of been inspiring to you and I. Yeah. We're going to tell uh, you more about that. Actually. Yeah. So the last chapter is about developing a rule of life, which mm-hmm. sounds kind of intimidating. Do you want to yeah, a rule define of life. what it is? very simply, is an intentional, concise plan to keep God at the center of everything we do. And we've talked about this in other podcasts. This has sort of been a right. percolation Because what we like to say is that you have a rule of life, yep. whether you know it or not. You have something that is pushing your everyday activities. No doubt. And if you're not identifying it, then that's where you're wasting energy. Yep. And the, the starting point and the foundation of any rule of life is a desire to be with God and to love him. Mm-hmm. That's so that's good. the intention of rule of life. I like thinking about um, a rule versus a law. Mm. Like if you've ever thought of those two things. So a rule is more self-imposed okay. and flexible. And a law is other imposed and rigid. So there are some people that don't like to have laws imposed upon them. I don't know if you knew this. Is this news to you? No way. I know. I Not know. in America. I know. <laughs> So it kind of gives you a different way of thinking about it. It's a self-imposed where you're setting some limits for yourself, like we talked about earlier, around how you structure your life and the things that you you do every day. That's so good, Melissa. So what is sort of the game plan? Since we're rule of life, we've sat down. We actually have the next book we're going to read. Yes. So based on our feedback from some of our listeners. Yes. Uh, we were told that maybe it would be nice to know the book in advance, which I love the idea of knowing that. So um, Jay and I kind of sat down and thought through a way to approach this next year of reading in a thoughtful manner. And um, we're going to systematically look at seven different areas of our life in order to work through developing our own rule of life. Yeah, and so what Melissa and I hope to do in our own lives, in our own family lives, is to create a rule of life that you get to sort of sneak peek into how we're wrestling with these things, how we're implementing 
right. a rule of life for our lives. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, it kind of goes without saying it's going to look different. Mm-hmm. Jay has uh, young children at home. I'm an empty nester-ish. Yep. And <laughs> you have boomerangers. <laughs> Sometimes you have boomerangers. Yeah, it totally. just happens. It just happens. <laughs> so, um, but that's just how a rule of life is. Like it's a working document that's always going to be changing depending on where you're at in life, what's happening with your family, what's happening with you. And that's the, where the flexibility piece of that comes on. Yeah. It's a season in. to season idea of just holding it loosely, mm-hmm. but also setting some intentions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our next book is called Crafting a Rule of Life. Yeah, and we'll link it in the show notes yeah. along with this book and the podcast of, pa- of Pastor Pete. I think those are really important resources, but you can read along. That is sort of a workbook. So if someone thinks that's a regular, like, normal book, that is a real workbook. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, that has these sections, right? Mm-hmm. So what sections... Are the seven, you you give me that look like. No, no, no. I just have to pull up a different note. I yeah. have it. I'm ready. Go ahead, ask. No, th- there's there's some some areas in our lives we're going to look at. Right. And we're going to read upon. Yep. Um, in this year. We're hoping you listen to us and join in the conversation, read along with us. Right. And we'd love to hear from you about what you're learning as you craft a rule of life. Yeah. With us. So those seven areas are abiding. Uh, the second is your mind. Then your body, the gift of being yourself, and the truest thing about you. Uh, the fourth is relationships. Mm-hmm. The fifth is rest, which I think is going to hit some people hard. Mm-hmm. Rest is a tricky one. Uh, the sixth is work and money. And the seventh is gospel and hospitality. Yeah, and those will make sense as we unfold it over the next year of how that will look in your life, how it will look in our lives. Yep. As we vulnerably step into this process, you know, because we don't just preach something we practice what we preach yep as much as we can totally and we have not pre-crafted this rule of life no. this is all on the fly and I've, I've been thinking about this for years and oh jay of the has ideas. pre-crafted his no rule of i life. haven't pre-crafted <laughs> i i've i've wrestled with this idea because one of the things about the rule of life is you're supposed to creatures in community yeah and i never had community to debrief what was going on yeah and how to good. sort of flush that out yeah so, i like that we hope you join us in this process yeah this so first read emotionally healthy spirituality yep. catch up on that catch up on that and then we're going to go on to rule of life and Which, we'll do links for that yep and it's a sort of a workbook that has these rhythms you know you'll probably with the rule of life you'll probably read the first section pause and then join us in the conversation in the year and come back to that workbook over yeah. and over that's how that workbook sort of works Imagine that. Imagine that. Also, did you know that there is an emotionally healthy assessment online? I did not. Have you taken it? I have not. Okay, I'm going to send you the link to that so that you can link it in the show notes too. Great. I haven't taken it either because I just found it when I was prepping for the podcast today. Totally. This is a really interesting idea for me, and I'm just spitballing here. Oh, great. (laughs) But I think we should take it and then sort of review it within the weekly. Yeah, That'd and be maybe, interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'll commit to it depending on what I get. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. We've got to work on that ladder of humility, That's don't we? right. Hey, Calvary, we're really just so thankful that you're listening in, you're joining along, that you're picking up these books, you're implementing in your studies, your your men's groups, your women's groups, your life groups. Um, it's so fun to hear your stories. When I meet you, you know, at Walgreens, if I run into you at church, if I'm on a different campus, 
always stop, say hi, tell us what you're learning. You can always write us at the weekly at calvarybible.com as well. And let me know if you want to come over and have a cup of tea. Yeah, Melissa, you can always find her on, on Instagram. I am not on Instagram anymore. Okay, but I want to leave you with this. And this is one of my favorite quotes from the book. It says, Christianity is not about our disciplined pursuit of God, but about God's relentless pursuit of us. Mm, Friends, if I could leave you with today anything, is know that God is pursuing you. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to be with you. And let us just relax, enjoy, pay attention to what God is doing among us. Right? That's right. Well, this is so much fun. I can't wait to open up the tea. Maybe, probably not tonight because it has caffeine. (laughs) It's green tea. It's caffeine free. Isn't it? No. Some green teas are. I think this one is. Okay. Hey, Calvary. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye, friends.